Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This episode is brought to you by Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer dock fish cleaning stations are marine grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. Also brought to you by the Alabama Marine Resources Division. The Alabama Marine Resources Division would like to remind all recreational anglers who have harvested red snapper, gray trigger fish, or greater amberjack to report their catch through the snapper check program. Reporting is mandatory and must be done prior to landing fish in Alabama, regardless of where the fish were caught. Anglers must report their harvest online at OutdoorAlabama.com or through the official Outdoor Alabama app. For more information about Snapper Check or any of the 2022 fishing seasons, please visit OutdoorsAlabama.com. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope everyone is having a great week. Hope you've had a chance this past weekend or, or this week to maybe get out on the water and do a little fishing. I know it's hot out there. We've got a few little afternoon showers, a little clouds, hopefully cooling things off a little bit. Man, I'm looking forward to see what our guests have. We've got some great guests lined up for day. And let's, man, let's jump right into it with our first segment of the day up on Wheeler, Pickwick, Smith. This guy fishes all over up there. Brent Crow, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Good to be here. Man, always good to have you. Appreciate you taking the time to get on with us. It's hot out there, right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. I've had a lot of four-hour trips lately, just fishing from daylight till 9.30 or 10, and after that, it's about too hot to fish. But, you know, the good thing is that it's been kind of cool in the mornings up here a lot, so it's not been as bad as, as it could be, and the fish been biting, so it's it's been all good lately. It feels a lot hotter when they're not biting, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, in the summertime, fish actually are eating as much as they do any time of the year, their metabolism's the highest and all. I mean, you know, the fishing is not, a lot of times in in summer, it's kind of tough. They kind of spread out around the bait and all that, but they're still eating. And if you can find them, they'll still bite. And Brent, you know, we always think about this time of the year, like the July and August is kind of being, sometimes on some lakes, it's considered kind of a downtime. But you hit on it right then. I mean, their metabolism is high as it's going to be all year. The fish are still eating. They're they're still feeding. At what point of the year do you come? We got you know they go on bed. They're shallow. Then they come off when the water starts warming up. They get through bedding. They move out on these ledges and they school up. And everybody loves to catch them on, you know, in the deeper water when they move offshore and school. At what time or do they kind of split up from those schools and start scattering? I think normally around here, it's the 1st of July, you know, on the ledge, ledges, it's 
late May and through June at Pickwick and Gunners was the best time. And then after that, I don't know if it's, I don't know how much of it is due to fishing pressure or if it's just a natural fish, you know, movement or whatever. But, you know, I, I kind of think that if, if nobody fished the whole month in June, then they would still be there in July on ledges in certain places. But, you know, they're, like I said, they're still eating a lot and, you can find them, but they're they're definitely the ledge fishing, for instance, is definitely not as good as it would be in June. But that doesn't mean like at Gunnersville or Wheeler that you can't find a big school in the grass. So, like I think a lot of it has to do with the bait. They're not going to be on the ledges if the bait ain't out there. So that's uh, true. They're going to go where where they can find something to eat easily. Yeah, no doubt about that. So where you been fishing at mainly? Mostly at Wheeler. I haven't had like Pickwick has been pretty slow this summer, and Wheeler and Gunnersville have been the best two lakes around in North Alabama. I've been I've had a few trips on Smith, and Smith is you know in the summertime you don't want to be out there very long because of the wake boats and all in the in the clear water. The, when it gets hot, the, the bigger fish are hard to find on Smith. Most of the time, if you catch bigger ones, it's going to be at night, and I really don't do a whole lot of night fishing, so I've. I've actually had some interest in going to Wheeler, and then I've had some trips that I've steered to Wheeler because it's been good. I mean, it, it's been really good lately. Well, you know, and we, we have callers all the time from, from Pickwick, from Gunner, from Smith, and, and we don't get as many reports as I wish we did from Wheeler. Wheeler's a solid lake, man. I mean, and, and like you said, you've you've been kind of pushing people that direction because the bike's been better there. What's different about Wheeler is it a much different lake than, than a Pickwick or a Gunnersville? It's different. And, you know, the history of Whaler, people really don't know if, especially the younger generation of fishermen, or if you just started or whatever, people don't know how good Whaler used to be. When I was growing up in the in the 80s and early 90s, there was no better lake in the country than Whaler Lake. But there was no internet. You know, there wasn't, that Bassmaster didn't come here much. FLW came once or twice. But, I mean, it was unbelievable how good it was and and the reason like all tva lakes is because it had a tremendous amount of millful and the entire time that wheeler lake had millful it was an unbelievable lake and i'm talking about big fish and lots of them i, I always tell a story one time i was probably 18 or 19 and i'd fished maybe a couple of tournaments at smith where it took eight pounds to win you know on a friday night and one day i went to it to Wheeler and we didn't fish a tournament, but I happened to take out when they were weighing in for a tournament on a Saturday. And it was back then it was they had a seven fish limit. And first place was 48 pounds, second was 45, and third was 42. And I was like, holy cow, I don't need to fish any tournaments on Wheeler like anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. There used to be a Tuesday nighter at the Decatur Boat Harbor from 5.30 to 9.30. And, and there were times where when people came back, the way people would holler, if you don't have 30 pounds, don't bring them up. Because they, they had more, you know, they already weighed in more limits over 30 with five fish than they paid places. So, I mean, and, and like I said, nobody really realized how good it was because there was no no Facebook, no internet, none of that. And then they killed the grass in the early 90s. And after that, it just became an average lake. And in 2005 or six, the grass came back. And when it was getting better, then they killed it again. And we hadn't had any grass until about three years ago. And then we started getting eelgrass. And then that led to the last couple of years, we've had some hydrilla, some coontail, a little millful. I mean, it's just been unbelievable how good the lake has gotten. And that's the only reason, because the grass came back. And of course, now 
there's still some grass, but they've also they've gotten rid of a lot of it. But it, you know, right now there is still grass in the lake, but the population is great. The size is great. I mean, it's been it's been my favorite lake to fish this year by a long ways. Why do they do that? Why do they kill the grass? Is it is it just for because of your wakeboarders and skiers and pleasure boaters? No, I mean, on Wheeler, you don't, you know, the Wheeler doesn't have a lot of houses. There's only a few on the lower end for the most part. And I mean, it's not a big skiing lake or whatever. It's, you know, TVA obviously owns the lake and they never really just come out and say it, what they, the reason behind it or whatever. But supposedly the, the intake at the Browns Ferry nuclear plant, it gets stopped up with grass and I mean, they've done a lot of stuff out in front of their intake. They've got these two two barges that they've half sunk, trying to divert it and all. I mean, obviously it's a problem, but, you know, somebody told me the other day, like, you know, TVA, there's no telling how many engineers they have working for them. You, you can't tell me that somebody can't figure out a way to keep the intake grass from stopping up the intake. And they, Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, it's, it may, I thought he made a good point, but I mean, like I said, your TVA supposedly doesn't spray, but I mean, we saw airboats out there all last fall and winter, and, and there's definitely less grass now than there is. And from people I've talked to, and again, you're never going to get the truth from TVA, but I think the, the intake at the nuclear plant, is, that's where they have the biggest problem. But, you know, I've also heard stuff about Wheeler Dam, and it, but I mean, you know, Gunnersville Dam, there's more grass grows, that goes through Gunnersville Dam than any dam in the whole world. Right. And it never has a problem. So why would Wheeler Wilson Dam be any different? I, you know, I don't understand that. Yeah, if it's not a problem at Gunnersville, it shouldn't be a problem anywhere. That's what I thought, but... You know, it's it's a shame because I mean, what they what's left out there is just a little bit of eelgrass and some star grass. But like, I haven't seen any hydrilla like I saw last fall. And I mean, if they just leave it alone, it would be as good as Gunnersville. There's no doubt in my mind. It's been better than Gunnersville before, but that's just we don't have any control or any say, and they don't. And apparently, they don't care if the fishing's any good or not. Well, how about how's the fishing pressure on Wheeler compared to? I mean, obviously, it's probably not going to compare to Gunnersville, but is it a highly pressured lake like Pigweek and Smith and Gunnersville? Not at all. And, you know, we've kind of kept it quiet, and, and there hasn't been any big national tournaments that have exposed it this, you know, this year or whatever. But, I mean, I've been out there several times during the week, and, and I mean, basically, at Wheeler, you you don't have just a handful of boat ramps. And in Indicator, you've got one big one. And Indicator, there may be six or seven boats out there during the day. Whereas you go to Gunnersville, and there's 15 at every boat ramp. So, you know, right. it's, it's not they had it doesn't have the pressure that Gunnersville does, and doesn't have the reputation, obviously, that Gunnersville does. But you know, it's it's been it's been nice to have it come back. It's the closest lake to my house, and one I fish longer than anywhere. And, you know, it went from a place that I wouldn't even think about going to a place that I, like I said, I've been I've been steering people to Wheeler because it has been good. That's awesome, man. It's good to hear that it's come back like that, and hopefully the grass will, you know, continue to come back, and hopefully they'll figure out a way to leave it alone if if that's what's <laughs> happening. Let it become the fishery it it was in your younger days. That's for sure. That sounds like it was amazing. Do you consider it more of a a shallow water fishery or is it also a great ledge in deep water fishing? There's just not that many ledges on Wheeler. Like below Gunnersville Dam to Decatur, it's just basically a river, like Coosa River. You know, it's just 
river channel and, and the river channel is the bank. So there aren't any ledges. There's very few creeks. So it's, it's mostly just river fishing. And then when you get to Decatur, it's, it's a lot of shallow water. I'm sure you probably heard of the Decatur flats, which is yep. six or seven miles of flats. And that's where all the grass is always, you know, when we have grass, the Decatur flats is always where it is because it's shallow and, and, there's just, you know, a ton of area there. And then on the lower end, it doesn't really have ledges. It's just the river banks are deep. So, you know, it's not a true ledge lake like you have down down lake at Donnersville or Pickwick. But, like, the, you know, the thing about it, though, it, back in the in those days where it was so good with largemouth, where you could catch six, seven-pound largemouth, on the lower end, the smallmouth fishing was unbelievable. I mean, when I was growing up, the people in my area didn't go to Pickwick to catch smallmouth. They went to the lower end of Wheeler. And the smallmouth have come back at Wheeler this, with the grass coming back. I mean, there's been a ton of five and six pound smallmouth caught over the last couple of years. So, it, you know, the grass doesn't just benefit largemouth. It helps the smallmouth fishing, too. And You know, you like I've been going in the middle of G- July with it obviously so hot. And the deepest I've fished in the last couple of weeks is five feet. So. Oh wow! Yep. Yeah, that's surprising. I would have never guessed that. So how are you? How are you fishing? Where I can throw a top water, I've been throwing a top water over the grass, and then other than that, it's just basically either swimming a worm or, or working a worm through the grass. You know, it's a lot like Gunnersville in that regard as far as grass fishing. But it's you know even the grass at Gunnersville is deep. I mean, you know, there's obviously grass from zero down to twelve or fourteen feet at Gunnersville, but at Wheeler for the most part, it's just in that three to five foot range which is for the most part the whole decatur flats and and that's just where i mean it's amazing because what's the majority of the grass at, at wheeler is this I, I don't even really know the name of it we call it star grass some people call it pepper grass some people call it broom grass and it's also in gunnersville and then fish in gunnersville do not get around it at all but, but they've got hydrilla millful eelgrass right get around but in decatur now that's all we have, and the fish are in it. I mean, like, it, and it just proves to me that if you have grass in a lake, the fish are going to use it, and it's going to help the lake. And, no matter what kind you know, of grass it doesn't matter it is. what. It, yeah, it doesn't matter what it what it is. And we started out a few years ago, three years ago at, at Wheeler with just eelgrass, and, and you know, eelgrass is apparently it adapts and grows everywhere. And, and what had happened finally after all these years of the eelgrass coming through. Gunnersville Dam on the Wheeler Lake, it, it started growing, and once the eelgrass started growing, the fishing started getting better. And then, you know, I think probably what happened is the poison wore off from when they when they had last sprayed 10, 15 years ago, and and we started getting some hydrilla. And I mean, last year we had huge mats. You could catch them on a frog. I mean, buzz bait around it. It was just it was last summer in July and August were were just unbelievable on Wheeler, and you know, July and August, like you said. It's not, you know, the greatest time in the world to fish in Alabama, but the grass made all the difference as, as far as Wheeler goes. I mean, you could actually go and catch a bunch of fish. So when you're going out on your on your trips right now and, and guiding, um, when you're fishing top water, is that is that usually a really early bite or are you catching them up into the morning on top water? And what top water bait is your go to? Well, I've actually tried, it's always best in the morning with low light, and I've been, I, I guess the star grass is what I call it. Star grass, some of it is almost to the surface, so it's hard to throw a treble hook bait, but if I can, I always like to throw a walking bait. I've been throwing just a, a big Berkeley cane walker, and then, you know, there's also 
places that it's, it's just too thick for that and you throw a buzz bait on that and then they've also been biting a chopo pretty well too so you know that's always what i started out doing in the morning but the other day i wound up and had an eight hour tree up in the 11 12 o'clock it's slick calm nothing but glass and the fish were schooling and you catch them on top when they were schooling so oh that's fun yeah yeah that's that never gets old what about a frog you fishing a frog much I haven't, you know, there's just really no mats this year. Last summer, this time, like I said, the hydrilla and, and, and all, there was a mat, but I haven't seen a mat yet to throw a frog. I'm not really much of an open water frog guy. If I can throw a buzz bait, I do it, you know, before yeah. I'll throw a frog in open water. But, you know, if it continues, I mean, I think some of this stargrass will eventually make, make a little mat, maybe another few weeks or whatever, but they'll definitely bite a frog if it does. That the grass that you're fishing is it on top of the water on the surface or is it just are you or is it just under the surface? Yeah, it grows from the bottom up and and a lot of it is has gotten as tall as the surface. Okay, you know I, I don't know how to explain it. Like it's it didn't look anything like hydrilla or milfoil or even like you know the Coosa grass that grows in the Coosa River. It's just not very thick and it's it, it doesn't grow in where it covers the whole bottom. It's just kind of spread out a little bit, you know. I mean, it's pretty easy. You, you, you're not going to throw a treble hook bait in it or through it, but you can throw, you know, it's easy to swim a jig or swim a worm or work a worm or sinko or something in it. And like I said, the fish are using it. Dude, that's awesome. That sounds great, man. Well, it sounds like you're catching some fish and sounds like you're catching some pretty good ones right now too, huh? Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of four or five pound largemouth weighed in, a lot of four or five six pound smallmouth. I mean, it's it's a very healthy lake. I hate that they've even done anything to the grass, but you know this stuff that we have, I don't know why they, why it's not gone, but I'm I'm proud that it hasn't. So hopefully they'll you know we'll we'll keep it. And I mean, there's no doubt that any grass helps the lake. There's, there's sure. no doubt about that. So. I've got uh, about another week for to fish Wheeler, then I'm going to Champlain, and then the St. Lawrence River. So, oh, good for you! I'm really man. looking forward to this fall. Heck yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be really good. Yeah, the St. Lawrence. I don't know. I'm sure you saw the Bassmaster results last week. I mean, this it, the best smallmouth lake in the world by far. And I, I was there last year and just had a blast. And can't, I've been looking forward to going back since I got home from last year's trip. I couldn't believe the weights. And the numbers of fish they was catching. It was unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I mean, and like, you know, you numbers, you catch size. I mean, it's just, it's an incredible place. And it's just, I mean, it's humongous too. I mean, most of those guys are fishing in Lake Ontario and they didn't cover one one hundredth of Lake Ontario. Oh, so. uh, oh, I mean, they're just giant. all in one little bitty section. Yeah. I hope it stays good for a long time because if it does, I'll be going up there every year. Heck yeah. I've talked to some guys that went up there and, and, and they, they had never been there before. And, and, uh, it was their first time going up and they said, man, this is our favorite lake we've ever fished. They said, this is a, it's literally unbelievable. They said the fish aren't pressured. Yep. They're not pressured. Like our fish are pressured and there's plenty of them and they're big. And, uh, they, they had a ball up there. I used to think Lake Erie was my favorite lake until I went to St. Lawrence. And I mean, it's, there's nowhere like it. And it's, you know, it's a long ways, but I mean, it is, it's the, the country up there is beautiful. The people are nice and the fishing is, is unmatched. That's awesome, man. Well, when are you going up there? I leave, uh, the first week of August. And what, what, uh, what tournament you, are you fishing there? 
I fished the Toyota, the Northern Division of the Toyota. So okay. we, we were at the Potomac in June, and then I've got the uh, Champlain in August and St. Lawrence in September. Good day, man. I got to championship. I got to defend my championship. It's at Gunnersville this fall, so I got to make it. Hey, you got you got to you got to defend it, right? That's right. <laughs> Have a end on another great note. Hey, well, that's good <laughs> that it's back in Gunnersville, man. It's back in your backyard again, kind of. I know. I know. I'm. Uh, you know, I, I first time at Potomac. The first day, I, I caught them pretty decent, and then the second day they left, and so I finished like ninety third. So I, I got to be in the top twenty five. So I got some work to do at St. Lawrence and, and Champlain to get back. Because you, it was a pickwick when you won it last year, right? Yes, sir. Well, man, go so, up there and get qualified and come win this thing again. That's the, that's the goal. I hear you. Well, hey, man, uh, before, I, before I let you go, you know, I got to get a tip of the day from you. So if somebody's going to come up to Wheeler right now and try it out, you know, what would your tip of the day be? I, number one, make sure you find the grass. And then I think, you know, a big worm or, or a, a speed worm is the best. And it colored, it hadn't seemed to matter, green pumpkin, June bug, something like that. But just you know, fish it on a lightweight, it'll come right through the grass. And if you, the, but the best advice I can give if you get one bite, put your power poles down or hit spot lock because there are plenty of fish right there. So once you catch in, one, lock in on that spot because I several more. That's right. It's been like that for the last year or so. If you can, if you find one, there's plenty of them right around. And you know, you may not, you may have to fish 100 yards or 200 yards or whatever. But when you find them, you'll find them. Now, when you're talking about a worm, as far as swimming it, you're literally throwing out there and you're just, you're, you're reeling it straight back. You're not, you're not fishing on right. the bottom Texas rig. You're throwing them and reeling it toward the top of that grass, right? Yeah. Now I throw it on a three sixteenth or a quarter ounce Texas rig. So it's not on top of the water, but you okay. know, you're, you're not trying to drag it on the bottom. You're just swimming it through the grass. You'll, you may swim it into some grass and have to, you know, give it a little, a little pop or whatever, then, you know, they'll just, uh, they'll hit it on the fall or they'll hit it swimming. Good deal. Well, Brent, man, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, what's the best way for them to contact you and, and come up to Wheeler and check out what you're doing up there? It's NorthAlabamaBass.com. Or you can also find me on Facebook. All right. Just under your name on Facebook, Brent Crow? Yes. Yes. Good, good deal. All right, guys, y'all reach out to Brent and, uh, man, you're going to be, be fishing with a champion. I mean, you got that under your hat now from last year and, uh, and, and hopefully going to have a repeat. So y'all give Brent a call and Brent, man, we appreciate it. Stay safe out there and good luck up there on that small mouth fishing and, uh, on the St. Lawrence and I'll be keeping up with you and hope, hope to have you back on soon, brother. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. All right, guys, let's take a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts 
or even paddle boats and all things in between at boaterslist.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, great first segment. Brent is always uh, a great guest on here, obviously very knowledgeable and and uh, man, it was great to get a report from Wheeler. We haven't got very many from Wheeler, and it sounds like it's a hot lake right now. So, hey, for segment two, let's jump on over to Pickwick, and I always look forward to having reports from there. It's, it's man, last year, I swear, I think it was, it seemed like it was the best lake in the state last year from the reports we got. But bring Jason Foster on and figure out what's going on at Pickwick. What's up, buddy? Oh man, just trying to stay cool. Hey, ain't we all? Air can, AC is a good thing. Right. Yeah, I, I had a uh, got a place a guy wanted me to come private lake, and man, it's a gorgeous private lake, and uh, it's phenomenal. It really is. And he he was like, man, please come over here and fish. We need to take some bass out of the lake. Not that I hesitate too much. I still want to go catch fish, but I'm like, man, I'm on. So you're either going to have to be early in the morning or late in the evening. Cause I ain't going out there in the middle of the day as hot as it is. It's tough. All right. I've been starting my trips at five 30 in the morning. Just try to beat the heat. Maybe fish till 1130 and be done. A few yeah. I got a few troopers that will last till one 30, but not many. Dang. Yeah. yeah. It makes it tough. That's for sure. Well, where you, well, so, so what's going on at Pickwick right now? How is it? It's fishing good. I've been starting early in the morning. I've been fishing uh, some grass here on the Tennessee end. It's probably about, I don't know, 18 inches tall at the most, the hydrilla is, and kind of start there and give a couple hours because we're not pulling any current during the morning, so starting the grass because they're not going to bite good on the ledges first thing. And then, like today, we fished at maybe 8 o'clock, and we went offshore, and actually caught them pretty good offshore with no current. And I think at 10 o'clock, they turned on 3, and 11, they turned on 4. And when they started stepping that current up, you know, the bike, we pulled up on one spot and caught seven in a row first. First cast in there, we had a triple, and then we had a double, and, you know, they kind of fed real, real quick, and they get used to seeing the baits and kind of shut down. You just have to go find another school and just find them the one that's ready to feed. Yeah. What Do do you find – are they do they school up still good this time of year? We were just discussing this on the segment before uh, before you, is, you know, and we were talking about it on Wheeler and Gunnersville some, not really Pickwick, but do they school pretty good through the whole throughout the whole summer – or do you see them kind of start scattering a little bit as, you know, July, August? Uh, I start seeing them scatter a little bit, but a lot of times the, the main community hoes, they're going to move sometimes 50 to 100 yards, just being smart enough to look around and not just say, well, I got a waypoint here. I'm going to graph right there. And if they're not there, they're just not here. You just have to kind of look around for them. They're still most of the time in the area, not just going to run away, but, you know, on in the fall September, I see more of it starting to break up and more fish in the grass than I do offshore. Yeah. So, but it sounds like you're doing, I mean, you're, so you're starting off in the mornings in the shallow in the grass and, and, and doing good there. And then once that current kicks in, they kind of pull off and go back to the ledges and start, start schooling up a little yeah. bit. That's kind of how you're structuring your day. Yeah. A lot of the schools, like when I get out there, say eight, nine o'clock they're the fish are real scattered. You can still catch some, but you're going to really have to take your time with it. What are you fishing with? Uh, what are you using in the in the shallow for the shallow water bite? I'm still catching them on Carolina rigs, uh, speed crawls, game hogs, sometimes a pop bar. Oh yeah, so you Carolina rigging in the in the you know we we tradition a smaller tungsten weight so I can pull through the grass fairly easy. You know, and that makes sense. I, you know, because and and I've heard of some guys doing that, but it, you know, I, I guess and maybe it's just me. 
uh, maybe it's just me that has it in my mind. You, you know, I always think about Carolina rig as being an offshore bait, but it's a great grass bait too. If it's not, you know, too, too thick. Right. It's kind of sparse down here, so it's not quite time to throw the flukes or, you know, you chatter baits and traps and stuff. So right now we can kind of fish it fairly quicker, you know, with Carolina rig. Yeah. So when will, so as the grass and, and going, you know, to the point you just made, as the grass continues to get thicker and taller, I guess, and uh, it is that's when you'll start going more to a chatterbait and, and those type baits? Yeah, I'm going to say around mid-August, it'll get so thick that we can't, you know, fish those Carolina rigs, or you're either going to have to move out seven or eight feet deep, you know, where it's kind of broke out that way, where it right. don't grow as thick. Yeah, good stuff, man. So when you're moving out to the ledges, what are you and 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 finding those schooling fish, or what's kind of your go-to way to catch them out there? Carolina rig for me. I mean, I try to keep it simple. I don't think a lot of people throw it anymore. They're more into these big crankbaits and magnum spoons and hair jigs and big worms and everything. I think it's just something that's overlooked day in and day out. This Carolina rig for me is gonna catch them. Yeah, it's still a solid bait, man. It yeah, it's it just keeps the bait in the right place. It seems like for them and where they want it and this time of year it seems like a lot of a lot of guys are talking about the, you know the crankbait you know kind of slowing down a little bit and so you you know a carolina rig is obviously a great option if they're not hitting hitting other stuff uh what what are you are you fishing like a four inch um yeah just a game hog like a brush hog style bait yeah sometimes i go to the speed crawl you know they want that when they've had a lot of pressure that little smaller bait will get a bite or two extra how's the pressure been Lately, I know it's always a lot of pressure on Pickwick and Gunnersville. But. Yeah, you know, we had the Bass Masters in June, then we had the college kids, and then we had like 400 and something boats in a high school. So it's it's been pounded on pretty hard. Here yeah, lately. I thought so. Yeah, it gets pounded, that's for sure. <laughs> that's a lot of boats and a lot of a lot of tournaments, and uh, plus right. your plus your normal fishermen out there. Right. It don't seem like there's been many fruit jars and stuff, you know, here lately. Yeah. Are you catching some pretty good sized fish still? Well, today we have. You know, several in the three and three and a half, maybe a couple fours. But yesterday, I kind of fished around Trace Bridge area. We had some quality fish down that way, some four and a halves, maybe one pushing five. But uh, I wasn't catching the numbers offshore down there as I was here in Tennessee. Yeah, how many fish are you catching on a on a trip right now? I mean, what's what's kind of an expectation every day? Twenty to twenty five. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a solid day. Yeah, and I, I like to say that's six hour trips. Heck yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm not going to sit on them too long. You know, I pull up, I give them 10 minutes, ain't nothing firing off. I'm going to find, one of them's going to fire off throughout the bay pretty good. Just a matter of finding that one. And once you find that one, just just stay on them. Right. And figure, uh, out, figure out what they're doing. I try to keep my trips, you know, within seven or eight miles. I have enough spots in that seven or eight miles. I'm not wasting the customer's time running all over the lake, you know. Yeah, you want, them to have, you want them to be fishing. Right. I mean, I can pull up to the school at nine o'clock and check it and they're, scatter or might fish and catch one or two and then come back two hours later and catch five off of it, ten off of it, you know. They're just like that right now. It's just pulling up when they're ready to feed. I see it, man. I see it. Well, it, I know the key is, the key to one, you know, is that, is the current. And uh, if the current's not running, it sounds like just stay shallow. Right. I what usually find this time of year, though, I can catch them early in the morning, but it kind of, it goes away quick to me this early in the summer. Do you fish for, or do you see many people, I mean, how's a small mile bite in Pickwick this time of year? I've actually noticed that it picked up the last week or so. It's like June to 
two weeks ago was pretty much non-existent and all of a sudden here they are i'm catching some shallow and then i'm catching some offshore yeah they're kind of hard to chase around down here it's hard to say well i'm going to this spot and i'm gonna catch one you know it's hard to do that yeah that the, the smallmouth bite is it falls kind of the time when it kicks in right right it starts picking up a lot more in the fall i wonder why that is where do them suckers go into some i don't know if they go deeper than we look because you know you won't see them in weigh-ins hardly oh uh-uh. like, from like june and july and then all of a sudden around september october here they're all back it's crazy you would think you would catch them all year long just like you do the large mouth but you really don't right i said i almost think they go 50 60 feet deep to you know places that we're not looking yeah it's got to be something like that water. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, man, if you was going to give somebody a tip of the day to come, that's going to be coming up this weekend and fishing Pickwick, what would your tip of the day be? As slow as you can fish. Absolutely slow. Sometimes dead stick it. Give those fish a little something different than nobody else is showing them. Patience. To stop. Patience, yeah. patience, patience. Right. Well, it sounds like it's paying off for you, brother. So that's good. That's y'all catching a lot of fish, and and uh, which makes all your your customers happy. That's for sure, and uh, gives them a great trip. So if somebody wants to book a trip with you, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you, Jason? They can call my cell phone, which is six six two eight eight two twenty one zero three, or they can check out my website. It's LizLifeGuides.com. Good deal. Guys, y'all reach out to Jason, give him a call, book a trip with him. I guarantee you're not going to be disappointed. He's catching a lot of fish right now, and and that ain't going to change. He always does. So, Jason, man, appreciate your time. Thank you for calling in and sharing with us. Stay safe out there, brother, and we'll talk to you next time. Sure, thank you. All right, buddy, take care. All right, guys, let's take a few more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King built in the pursuit of perfection all right guys welcome back to the show great segment right there on pickwick with jason foster y'all be sure and give him a call and book a trip with him great guy and catches a lot of fish so hey let's leave there and go down to the coosa actually let's we're gonna keep going further than the coosa we're gonna go all the way to uh orlando with jake maddox who's at icast right now what's going on my friend what's going on how are you brian I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing good, man. Hey, I, you're a trooper, man. You're down there at ICAST calling into the podcast. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. ICAST is a cool event. You know, you get to see all the new, you know, product show lights and, uh, you know, see some, some of your buddies you've been fishing against all year. So, oh, yeah. Cool deal for sure. Yeah, the guys that, you know, my, my counterparts that have the North Florida Saltwater Report and the Alabama saltwater report they're both down there right now great days outdoors and uh, they've been sending me some pics i know they're having a great time but uh yeah i hadn't i've been in about two years i i, I wish i could have gone this year i know it's always a, a amazing show 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Really cool deal. You know, COVID put the hold on it for a couple of years, and then last year is about you know 50% of its size, and this year it's full blown eye cast again. So it's, I'm glad to be here for sure. Awesome, man. Well, what kind of you got some products that uh, I've seen some of your posts on social media that you've got some new products that you're pushing a little bit. Yeah, so we've got some new stuff coming out from Shimano, a um, bunch of new baits. Um, one of them being the Arma Joint, which is the new S swimming style swim bait. Really cool for when you're wanting to, um, you know, parallel boat docks, do that kind of thing. It features a something called Arma Boost. Basically what that is, is it allows the bait fold in half. So you're able to throw it easier. You know, it's a bigger swim bait, you know, hard swim bait. Typically, you know, if you even have like a slight bit of wind, the bait tends to helicopter really bad. So that Arma Boost technology allows the bait to compact on itself and you're able to throw it a lot easier and, and make those accurate casts around docks and, and other such cover, you know, that the fish live under. So it's a really cool, cool bait. And then, you know, we've got a new spinner bait coming out called the Swagey Strong. It features different different uh, diameter blades throughout the, or different diameter wire throughout the, uh, the you know, the actual spinner bait. So it allows it to be, you know, a strong, to hold up against you know repeated you know abuse after fish after big fish but it allows the thinness of the wire allows it to vibrate really well and you know attract those fish and you know get a lot of those bites that you normally wouldn't get with some of those other spinner baits yeah good that sounds those both sound like great new products yeah yeah so yeah there's a lot of uh ingenuity that goes into shimano's baits you know a lot of this stuff is coming over from japan you, you know a lot of guys are wanting that jdm tackle that you know we're starting to bring over to the u.s yeah it's it, it, isn't it amazing that the chinese i mean you don't think of them being like huge bass fishing bass lure producers but they produce some some very cool baits that's for sure they do they do they do so a lot of uh a lot of the uh the guys in japan like there's so much pressure over there that those the bait manufacturers are forced to come out with high quality lures to you know, set themselves apart just because they see so many different lures every day. So Shimano is, you know, it's been a kind of a, a need for them to come out with something that's different. And it's a really cool deal for sure. Good deal. Well, where have you been fishing lately? Uh, Lake Oneida, Lake Champlain. Haven't got to fish much in Alabama as much as I'd like to, but, you know, we're about to come back down south um, for a couple weeks and, you know, go do some fish at home, do some night tournaments. And then we're going to go roll back up to Chesapeake Bay to start our, you know, second half of the season you know we we got a pretty heavy september and october so we're gonna head up to the upper bay upper chesapeake bay up there in maryland um first week of september so looking forward to it well heck yeah man that sounds good have you have you talked to many people this this fish the coosa lately or the last report i had was was pretty bleak actually it, it sounds like the fishing wasn't wasn't doing too much yeah i mean this is probably the toughest time of year on the coosa river um you know, it's 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 really really tough. Like we said on our last podcast, that same bite that you know runs in the back of those creeks, finds some moving water. It's that's going to be kind of your stronger deal right now. And then first thing at daylight, and then also just fishing at night is going to be your you know your best options for sure. Um, you know, if you're going to grind it out in the tournament, which you know these guys at Alabama don't rest even when it's 150 degrees out there. Yeah. So. I'd recommend, you know, dropping some brush piles and, you know, a little bit of junk fishing. Go shallow in the morning, go deep in the afternoon, maybe go up up the river, go fishing current, that sort of stuff. So definitely a, a strong pattern for sure. 
Yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. Do you want to go get a table real quick? Yeah. Get a table. Get a table. So yeah, they, they, they got it. You, your buddies need to go get a table for you while you're doing this, man. You yeah. don't need to be. They don't Sorry. need to be waiting on you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I didn't know if you could hear that or not. We're we're at the hotel lobby right now. Hey, I appreciate you, man. I, I, I know, I know you, you got a lot going on, so I'm not going to hold you. Well, some of the cooler, uh, besides some of the stuff that you're pushing down there right now with, with these new Shimano baits, what's some of the other cool things that you've seen so far? You know, boat paddle boards, they're coming out with some very cool stuff. They've got like, you know, they make a lot of paddle boards. That's kind of what they're known for, but now they're making really cool, high quality, like blow up like couches that you can kind of hang out on, you know, uh, my home lake, Lake Martin. So, that one say I'm doing a podcast. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry about that. That's uh, all right. Every, everyone's stopping me in the lobby, but uh, I don't know they are. Yeah, just, but um, but yeah, it's it's a basically like it's an inflatable couch that you can just sit on and uh, you know hang out, drink cold beer on it, and uh, you know it's a, it's a really cool deal. I saw that, but as far as like lures go, you know, iCast is where like a lot of the really cool stuff goes down at, and um, you know, I was fortunate to walk around the booth a little bit today, you know. Lots of cool new swim baits from Spro, some new stuff from um, from Hayabusa. They got some cool swim jigs, some cool, um, you know, baits from Range, that kind of stuff. So, you know, after ICAST, it's really cool to get to see it and then see how it does in those shops also. And, you know, you know how it is. You want to buy the newest stuff to, to test it out and see if you get an advantage over the next guy by trying the new stuff and try to keep it sneaky if you can. But nowadays, it's a little kind of hard for sure. Hey, well, if you see some good new kayak technology and, and, and items that come out, keep me posted on them. I might need to add some stuff to my kayak. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. Actually, you know, I saw they got a heavy booth and, you know, a bunch of the kayak brands have got, you know, a lot of cool stuff. So I'll definitely walk over that way tomorrow and uh, send you some pictures of some, some cool stuff I see. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, look, I'm going to let you join your buddies. Sounds like they've gone to get a table. And uh, you guys, you guys behave down there tonight. Now I know, I know things can get out of hand at ICAST every now and then. <laughs> yes, sir. It it can, it can. But you know, we're here to represent the brands that brought us down here, so we're gonna have a good time and and uh, still act professional while drinking a couple ones with the boys. There you go, man. Hey, y'all have a good time, buddy. Thank you for calling. And uh, yes, sir. You know, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, I know you're going to be back here before too long. If somebody wants to to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, so um, uh, Instagram DM at Bassin Bros God Service or contact me. It's J Mad underscore Fishing. So M A D D Fish underscore Fishing. So just DM me there or at Bassin Bros on my Instagram. So best way to do it. Good stuff, Jake. Man, we appreciate you, buddy. Go have fun. Yes, sir. And, Will do. And I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. I'll send you some pictures tomorrow, some cool stuff. Sounds good, man. Talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye. All right. All right, guys. Let's take a few more minutes here from a couple more sponsors. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro Series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. 
These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, awesome show today. And I uh, got some from Wheeler. Don't get reports there from a lot, a lot. And it sounded like things are amazing up there right now. And then, man, the Pickwick bite is still on. Appreciate that report from, from Jason. And then, hey, got a little iCast, little iCast goodie today to wrap things up with Jake and, uh, man, we appreciate Jake and, and, uh, his contribution to the show. And if you've never been to ICAST, man, you should go sometime. It is, <laughs> it is more fishing stuff and every manufacturer that you can imagine. And, uh, you meet a lot of pros there. All the, all the pro guys are, are at ICAST representing their companies and their brands and they're accessible and, and usually easy to talk to. And so it's a great time to get down and check out what's new on the market. So get down to ICAST if you haven't done it before and uh, plan a trip down there. But, hey, that is going to be a wrap for this week's show. And uh, like always, if you're enjoying the show, man, please take just a minute, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, you know we want to. We'll do it each and every week. All you got to do is text the word FISHING to 314-665-1767, and we'll email you the show each and every week. Hey, guys, great show today. Thank you for listening. Spread the word with your friends. Tell tell them about the show. And uh, stay safe out there, and we look forward to talking to you all again next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements. Visit AFCO.com for on-the-water performance gear. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator, bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at Hilton'sOffshore.com. And by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by United Bank. United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. United Bank is building stronger communities every day. Learn more at unitedbank.com. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And by LM Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600. 
Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by... And brought to you by... North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. 